Hello, I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. And I'm her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Heidi and I want to welcome you to Open to Hope Conversations, the podcast. We believe that the greatest gift you can give yourself after a loss is hope, using this moment to connect with others who have not only survived, but thrived. So let's get started. Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my daughter and co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. We're going to talk about never too late to modify your behavior. And our guest today is Dr. Angel Richardson. And Angel is a professor at Thomas Jefferson University. She is in private practice in Philadelphia. And she specializes in working with families affected by adoption, foster care, grief, and trauma. She has been on the Today Show, and she was part of a team who provided trauma training in Haiti. Welcome to the show, Angel. Thank you so much for having me. Angel, it's so great to have you on the show today. As I said, I love the systems idea and working with people. There's an organization out of New York um, that I connected with, um, Global Trauma um, Incorporated. And so it's really important because, of course, people are there who have been impacted by the earthquake. And people, of course, as we know, when they've experienced trauma and grief, heal at different paces, right? So the goal was to go over and be able to help people be able to help themselves. That really was the goal. And so being able to go over and say, okay, let's talk about if you are at a space where maybe you have done some work, you've done some healing, how can you heal, help heal other people, right? And so recognizing that not everybody has clinical skills, not everybody's going to school for therapy or social work or all these things. How can we do these things in layman's terms? So I was really granted um, the opportunity to go and connect with these people who have already been doing the work. All right, you want to help your fellow neighbors. You want to help your fellow community members. Let's talk about what that takes. We asked people like, share your story. Why is it important to share your story? So I think all of us have been through something at some point in time, right? All of us have had some kind of a loss. All of us have had something that's happened that may be unfortunate. And sometimes we hold that in because we don't think anybody wants to listen. And so once we're able to share our story, one, we're able to look at maybe my perception of it wasn't exactly what it was, or maybe it feel, helps me feel lighter to better get it off me. And maybe I can get somebody else's perspective of it. If I tell you what happened to me, you could say, oh, Angela, I never thought of it that way. Or maybe I hear something in your story that's different than what you heard, and then that can shift my, shift my perspective. You know, so, you were telling me that your dad died six years ago. I mean, yeah. I wanted to ask you, were you able to share your story? Did you find something in that when you talk about sharing the story? Was it easy for you? Um, I think there's pieces of sharing my story about my dad that actually very much helped me heal through that. Um, getting six years out, there are things I see differently. Absolutely. And I think, you know, the um, earthquake happened 10 years ago now, right? So I think those two things, having time pass, actually gives perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and so you saw some of that, you know, um, and I it's never too late to share your story. As you said, uh, the earthquake was six years past that people were coming in and sharing their story again. The other thing I think is really powerful about sharing your story is sometimes we get cut off from our own emotions. Mm -hmm. And when you share your story, and especially about a traumatic loss like what happened in Haiti, 
the person listening can say, wow, that's really stressful. Or, wow, that sounds really scary. And you all of a sudden think, wow, it really was. And I kind of detached from that feeling. You know, I've cut off from that feeling. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think one of the things that was important with what we did was helping people hear other people's stories, right? So being able to say, this was your perspective. Can you hear that somebody may have a different perspective than yours? Mm -hmm. right? right. So actually help people listen to other people's perspective as well. So what would be the next step after they've told their story? So the next piece of it for te after telling the story was also being able to find a way to become active, right? I think that was very helpful was, okay, we gave action steps, right? So, okay, you've told your story and now we're helping you figure out like, I'm not going to stay and be stagnant. What can I do next? How can I get active? So we created, they created groups, right? So how can I help? Okay, so some people wanted to help in their neighborhoods. Some people wanted to help through their churches. Some people wanted to get the words out through media. So really creating action steps for how can I be empowered and how can I help others? So that was really important. And sometimes even here, we have to figure out how can we do that in our own lives? We want empathy, but we don't want sympathy. Yeah. It's really irritating when someone feels super sorry for us. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. We're damaged in some way. I mean, we just want support. And, and I love the empowerment piece because, you know, after a loss, we feel like something's been done to us because it has. And right. we feel so disempowered. We feel like victims. And so to turn that outward is very powerful when you empower people. So I, I love this model. Yeah. 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 And then what? And then what they did was they were able to say, okay, so how many people are doing each piece, right? So how many people are going to be in the community piece? How many people are going to be in the church piece? How many people are going to be in this other piece? And then got together in groups, right? So now you have your support group. So you're going to work with these people. So, you, right, you're empowered, but you're not alone. So now you know, okay, we're all going to work together and setting up, when are we going to check in? Are we going to check in once a week? Are we going to check in once a month? Are we going to check in every other month? But knowing, yes, I'm empowered, but I'm not by myself. And I think often when we've had a loss, we feel really alone. You know, one of the things we all know is when we've had a loss, people come and they may check in for the first week. They may check in for the first month, but then on people aren't necessarily checking in. You're supposed to be okay. You're supposed to be fine. And we all know we need continued support after a loss. So really setting up this idea of, okay, this is what we're going to do, but this is also our support group. And this is who we're going to stay with. And this is how often we're going to check, check in together is really an important step as well. There were people who were coming maybe three years or four years after, and then there's people where it's been like six, seven years, and now I'm ready to come. So there is that it's never too late. Whenever it feels right, whenever you feel like, okay, I'm ready to address this, to come because we all know that grief is a process, right? It's not a destination, it's a process. So whenever you're ready in your process to take an action step, then that's fine. So then I think the final piece of at least this is that they do go back every year, right? And actually it's not the final piece, but that they do go back every year. And I think what's important when we're grieving are the memorials, right? How do we make sure that we still keep a memory of that person who died or the persons who have died or whatever the loss has been. Um, and so 
for them getting back together that time every year has been powerful, right? Being able to come back. For others of us, it may be a balloon release or it may be a dinner at that time that that person has passed. But whatever it is to create that memorial is very, very important. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Those landmark events. How about how about triggers? You know, uh, there are those the events that we do consciously. But what about the trigger events that come up, like um, a wedding, or you know, years later, somebody getting married, or a graduation, or those triggers. Yeah. And I think it's important to be aware. And sometimes we're not aware, right? But I think it is important to kind of prepare for those triggers so that we know, like, okay, ahead of time. How am I going to prepare for this? Like, I'm about to have a wedding and I'm not, but whenever I decide to get married, like my father's not going to be there. So Mm -hmm. can I be prepared for the fact that my dad's not going to walk me down the aisle? And Mm -hmm. so I personally have already set up like, okay, I want my uncle to walk me down the aisle. Mm -hmm. But for other people where it's like, can I start being aware of what are the feelings that may come up for me? Or setting up like, how am I going to honor this person at this event? So would I have an empty chair or would I do something else to honor that person? Or can I just give my per- myself permission to feel? Am I allowed to feel sad? Am I allowed to feel disappointed? How do I allow myself to feel what I to feel during this time? Or can I do something else that's going to make me happy to offset, right? How do I do something like, okay, maybe I do need to go and have my favorite meal. Maybe I do need to go and go someplace that makes me happy because I know this other thing is going to trigger my feelings of sadness. And I'm thinking about the people in Haiti. Uh, They're on the ocean there. I mean, just going out maybe with their bare feet and walking on the beach or something or or nature And I think some of it is also recognizing like sometimes they don't, especially in this place where we were, there's not a lot of resources, right? So some of it is around like recognizing like there wasn't a lot of, there wasn't hot water, right? There wasn't electricity. And so music was one of the big things. So like, can we celebrate with music? Can we celebrate with food? Can we do mindful activities? Because some of those other resources weren't available, like, you know, not being able, being in the space where getting to the water wasn't necessarily as um, convenient, I would say. So like, what can we do in the space that we are in? What about those that are, are obsessed and thinking and stressed about the idea that there's going to be another earthquake and yeah. it's going to be really bad? Would it just be to, like you said, acknowledge that feeling and be able to sit with it and talk about it? Absolutely. I think one of the things that we have to do regardless. So what's a trauma for me may not be a trauma for you, right? And recognizing like, even with loss, like people uh, deal with loss differently, but really recognizing all feelings are valid. So really validating people's feelings. I understand this was hard. I understand your fear. And what can we do to address this? We cannot stop earthquakes. Absolutely. But how can you create a space that feels safe for you? Right? So what feels safe for me may not feel safe for you, but what can you do to create a space that feels as safe as possible for you? And that's going to look different for me than it is for you. So how can you do this in a way that makes you feel safe? Thank you so much for being on the show. And and we all have those earthquakes of life. Thank you so much for this important and powerful work. And I love the idea, like you said, we need to validate and acknowledge first before we look for solutions. Yes. So thank you so much, Angel. Thank you. 
And thanks everybody for watching the show today. And we all wanna remind you, if you've lost hope, please lean on ours till you find your own and God bless. I'm Dr. Heidi Horsley. You have been listening to Open to Hope, the podcast. You can follow Open to Hope on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To learn more, visit us at opentohope.com and go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. Join us again next week for another Open to Hope conversation where we invite you to lean on our hope until you find your own.